Fan Junkies Radio is brought to you by FanJunkies.net, where sports meet social networking. Gentlemen, and welcome to another exciting episode of Fan Junkies Radio. I am your host, Jonathan Raggis. Alongside me, as always, the partner in crime, Mike McShane. Mike, what's up, man? How are we doing, Jonathan? I'm good. I'm doing good. Excellent. It's Wednesday. It is. It's a hump day. I know uh, five minutes is coming tomorrow, so uh, oh, Friday yeah. morning, I guess we're going to have a tired mic, huh? Uh, yeah, yeah. But that's all right. That's okay. It's all right. You know, I, I'm always here. Always right on. You're Open Forum for- Wednesday here today, too. Open Forum Wednesday. Open Forum Wednesday, that's right. Uh, if anybody wants to call with some questions or comments, you can give us a call at 347-237-5373. And we do have a very good show today on top of our Open Forum Wednesday, as we'll be joined by Chris Wiesel of the Hockey Riders. Yep. Good friend of ours. Looking forward to that. We're going to be talking NHL playoffs, and uh, also we're going to be talking about his favorite team, the New Jersey Devils. And, and we're we'll going find to find out up. why. Why, why, why would you possibly – no, I'm joking. <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> we'll be joined uh, by Chris uh, in a little bit at around the twelve uh, ten to twelve fifteen mark. Yep. Uh, but first, Mike, start it off today in sports. Today in sports, well, hey, just so happens to I mean, we got Chris coming on and it seemed appropriate. Uh, I'm going to go on back to 1967, and uh, for those of us uh, in the hockey uh, areas, we know what 1967 was. That was the expansion year, and on this day, the NHL awarded six new franchises, including. We were talking about them a little bit earlier. The Minnesota North Stars later became the Dallas Stars. The Oakland Seals, which later on became the California Golden Seals. Uh, the Los Angeles Kings, Pittsburgh Penguins, Philadelphia Flyers, and the St. Louis Blues all received their uh, NHL franchises. Nice. Very nice. Very nice. 1967. Big day. Big day for NHL that that uh, that year. Oh, always got to love the NHL stuff, man. Yep. Especially with our today in sports. But let's get right into it. So we do have a really good show today, but let's jump right into baseball right now, Mike. And uh, we had a lot of games last night, 15 games last night, some good games as well. Uh, One of the top games last night, Red Sox defeating the Texas Rangers 17-5, to Mike. <laughs> wow. 17-5. to 17-5. I mean, that, that's just absolutely incredible. You were saying, what, four home runs? Four home runs. Four, four home runs for Boston, but three for Texas. Holy smokes. Holy yep. smokes, what happened to the pitching in that game, you know? I don't know. I don't know, but it was a, uh, you know, Red Sox are playing some hot baseball right now. Yeah, well, and of course the Rangers have as well. Yeah, I which mean, uh, they, shocked that they were able to put up 17 yeah, uh, runs on them. I would say so. I would say so. I mean, look. 19 hits. The Rangers, the Rangers are leading and have led, I think, almost from day one, the AL West. Yeah. So to have the Red Sox come in there and put 17 on them, holy smokes, but you're absolutely right. Uh, Boston just incredible seven and three in their last ten, and right now leading the AL East, where Texas actually has cooled off quite a bit in their last ten. They're five and five. Yep, absolutely. Another game last night. Uh, Braves winning again, Mike, uh, in ten innings against the Pirates, the hot Pirates as well. Five to four, good game there. Uh, Justin Upton, I believe it was. Just, no, it was actually BJ Upton, the guy who uh, talking about getting sent down, hitting a home yeah. last night for uh, Atlanta. 
much needed for Atlanta to get what? something out of Upton and much needed for Upton to get something out of himself. Yeah, really. <laughs> but it, it, you're you're right. I mean, that kind of uh, right now Pittsburgh's still in third place there in the uh, Central. Yep. Um, just three and a half games out of first place. Absolutely. And what's up with your Phillies, man? John Mayberry, two home runs last night, huh? Hey, and the Phillies right now have jumped into third place. Are you looking at that one, huh? 29 and 30. They're one game out of uh, first place. Of course, we are playing the Marlins. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was that was an exciting game last uh, last evening. Mayberry getting two home runs, uh, including a walk-off uh, grand slam uh, to win the game. Grand slam. Oh, and also uh, on the AL side, Orioles still staying hot with a 4-1 win over the awful, awful Houston Astros, Mike. Yeah, and Baltimore now in second place tied with uh, the Yankees. Baltimore and Yankees tied for second. Yep, there you go. So let's uh, jump right into the MLB standings. Uh, AL East, Boston still on top, uh, lead, leading the Baltimore Orioles and New York Yankees by two and a half games. Uh, Boston 7-3 and three in their last 10. Baltimore 7-3 and three in the last 10. Yankees 3-7 three and three and seven seven in their right. last 10. Mm-hmm. Out in the AL Central, Detroit still on top there with a two-game lead over the Cleveland Indians. But Detroit's only 4-6 and six in their last 10, Mike, so they're yep. starting to uh, cool down a little bit. Well, so is Cleveland, though. Yep, as well. Uh, Minnesota, though, eight and two in their last ten, Mike. They're in third place, four and a half games back. So kind of looking like the Phils just a bit. Yep, but they don't have anything to worry about from Kansas City and Chicago White Sox, both two and eight in their last ten. Not looking good at all. Unfortunately, there go my Kansas City uh, Royals. <laughs> yeah, well, it was nice while it lasted, right? Yeah, well, we kind of knew that was going to happen, huh? <laughs> yeah, we definitely did. Uh, AOS Texas uh, one and a half game lead over Oakland. Uh, Oakland though eight and two in their last ten. They're really playing good baseball. Yes, they are. Yes, really they are. Kind of reminded baseball. me reminded me a bit of last year in the way that they're playing. Yeah, uh, you know what, man? When we talked about it with Frank Close and Jim Williams, I don't think Oakland could really get back to the way we all said it. You know, I don't yeah. think they could play uh, as good as they played last season, and they're showing that they can. Well, we didn't think it was repeatable. That was the whole thing. We thought that last year was kind of a blip. Yeah. Although they're playing damn good baseball, Mike. Angels now have worked their way back uh, way up into a third. Yeah, still ten games back though. Yes. Yikes. And still seven games under five hundred. Yep. Let's look at the National League now. In the National League East, Atlanta, the only team with a monster game lead in any of the divisions, with a seven-game lead over the Washington Nationals. Atlanta six and four in their last ten. That at least, Mike. It's just. You know, every time you look at it, Atlanta's running away with it. Yeah, I know, and everybody below them, as I pointed out, I mean, it's it's like uh, it's like the AL West. It's the second land of mediocrity. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, NL Central, St. Louis Cardinals, with a record of thirty-eight and twenty, have a two and a half game over the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, both the Reds and Pittsburgh uh, Pirates, who are in second and third, respectively. Five and five in the last ten, Mike. So they're uh, you know they're balancing out there. They're not as hot as they were, but St. Louis continues to play good baseball with uh, seven and three in the last ten. Yes, they do. Good pitching going on over there. That's what the secret there is. Yeah, sidekick was at the game last night, huh? Yes, he was. Nice. Five rows from the field. Did they win? I bo- I I'm almost positive. Hold on, we got the scores. I I, I think they did. Uh, uh, seven to six. See what happens when sidekick comes to the game. Oh man! But they lost in fourteen innings. Yeah, great from the go. I was going to say, I know that that went to extra innings. Yeah, 14 innings. I mean, you know what? It would have been a great game for them to win to go to, but still 14 innings, still an awesome game to go to. So. I'm not blaming Sidekick for that. No, I blame Sidekick for it. Oh, you're not right. <laughs> AL West, Arizona, who beat Sidekick's Cardinals last night. Uh, Two-game lead over San Francisco, two-and-a-half game lead over the Colorado Rockies. Uh, still, you know, pretty good there, Mike. St. Louis, uh, excuse me, Arizona, San Francisco, and Colorado really going at it. Diamondbacks were a bit of a surprise to me. I don't uh, – I'd love to – 
talk to a couple of fans from out there and tell me what's going on with that team. Yeah, Dodgers uh, really, you know, really not looking good in last place, but after they brought up their uh, prospect, uh, yeah. Yaziel Puke, uh, I, I believe that's how you pronounce his name, plays right field for the Dodgers. Uh, two home runs, five RBIs in his first two games with the Dodgers looking real, real good. That might be the boost that they need. Well, they had to do something, didn't they? They had I mean, to. Something had to. Something had to shake that team up. I mean, we've been talking about management changes uh, with the Dodgers, thinking that that was coming anytime soon. But for some reason or another, they keep hanging on to that. And, uh, well, they had to do something. And who knows? Maybe that'll be the thing right now. I, I'm looking at their road record. They've got to have one of the worst road records in all of baseball. Let's see. My, well, Miami, of course. But uh, I think they're the second worst road record uh, are the Dodgers. Yep. I think so. Yeah, I have the uh, standings. I, I can't see it right now, but I believe you're right. Let's get into something we would love talking about, Mike. Oh, yeah. we just... I don't know if we love talking about it, but we talk a lot about it because we're both just disgusted with the whole thing. Yeah. Um, you know, and before we get to our guest, uh, Chris Was- Was- ah, excuse me, Chris Wassel, we will uh, talk about this real quick. And that's the whole biogenesis steroids thing in Major League Baseball. And right. uh, news came out last night that the uh, Major League Baseball is seeking to suspend um, two top players in the game. On top of that, and an additional 20 players, Mike. Right. And uh, that's going to be Ryan Braun of the Brewers, Alex Rodriguez of the Yankees, Melky Cabrera of the Blue Jays, Francisco Cervelli of the Yankees, Everest Cabrera of the Padres, Bartolo Colon of the Athletics, Nelson Cruz of the Texas Rangers. Um, Gio Gonzalez was named the report, but hearing he's most likely going to get off because the supplements he bought were legal. Um, Jesus, uh, Jesus Montero. Fernando Martinez, Jordan Norberto, Johnny Peralta, Cesar Puello of the Mets, and more because uh, Tony Bosch, the owner of Biogenesis Clinic, uh, supposedly meeting with Major League Baseball on Friday to cooperate and give them more names, Mike. Right, right. Uh, 100 game suspensions for a lot of these guys. Potentially, that's what's been bantered. That's right. Do you see it coming down? Uh, well, okay, there's been a couple of things I've had to say about this. Number one, uh, I've been surprised that it's taken this long. Um, the story broke, uh, and, and we were all over it. I, I want to say, uh, Jonathan, would uh, the end of February be about the right time frame? I'm almost positive that's about when it was. Yes. Um, and I'm I'm just a bit surprised. And, I mean, you and I had talked about it that perhaps maybe some of the, if you remember back at the time, perhaps some of the delay, some of the feet dragging that was going on was during the time of the World Baseball Classic, and then we thought something was going to happen after that. Well, here we are. We're, what, nine weeks into the into the uh, full season, and we're just starting to get reports about it now. And, in fact, uh, in one of the reports that I read, uh, suspensions could still be weeks and weeks away. Yeah. Um, now I, I think it would be more than that, considering if there's already 20 players listed, and supposedly there's going to be more coming from Tony Bosch now. Right. It would probably take a lot longer than that, I would think. Okay, now, you know, I'm, I'm hearing the other side of this, mm-hmm. uh, where some people and analysts are saying, well, okay, let's get this one straight. Let's understand something. We don't have a smoking gun. What you've mm-hmm. got is you've got a Tony Bosch who's trying to save his ass. Mm-hmm. And can you really, really believe everything that he's going to say? I'm not quite sure where this is all going. See, if you recall, back when we've talked about this numerous times, I have brought up the whole possibility and problem that I saw from a litigation standpoint. Mm. I'm wondering if some of it's going to be going in that direction. I I don't know. It, it's 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 been a mess. It continues to 
be a mess, and I think we're going to have an even bigger mess um, after uh, Tony Bosch meets with the uh, Major League Baseball towards the end of the week. And, uh, it, you know, I I really want to see some of the names he's going to throw out to them. And oh, yeah. I hope it gets leaked to us, Mike. So do I. And, and, and make no mistake, I mean, there, <laughs> I for one, and it was funny because I was on another uh, website last night, uh, and somebody made the comment that uh, uh, Major League Baseball is bitter about the situation with Ryan Braun. Yeah. And, and, and I said – I made the comment right back. I said, well, why the hell not? I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm bitter about the situation with Ryan Braun, too. I want, I want the guy, and I would go after him just as hard. Yeah. Now, when you start talking in terms like that, it almost seems like certain players are being, quote, unquote, targeted. Yeah. And then you got to kind of step back and say, well, wait a minute, let's not be – I guess let's not jump the gun. Um, but, uh, I, you know – as we've watched this whole thing matriculate, Jonathan, and, and we've had the reports about some documents being leaked, and then we talked about the whole thing of multiple documents floating around and how many copies of documents. Oh, my gosh. I, I could see this thing just becoming a real uh, 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 slowed-down morass sort of situation. Yeah. Uh, I don't know where I was reading. I would love to see it move along very quickly. I just don't think it's going to. Yeah, I don't know where I was reading it though, but I know Brian Braun put out a uh, a statement saying that uh, the you know the truth has not changed. I was uh, you know I guess acquitted of the whole thing the last time, and uh, he said you know that he's still sticking to his guns on it. So, but didn't he get off on the technicality? Well, yes, indeed it was. It was yeah. a, a situation where the handler uh, they believed that the well at least uh, the case was made that the sample was quote-unquote tainted because it wasn't handled in the proper protocol. Mm-hmm. Um, it, however, if you take a look at it, uh, uh, Braun's comments are not dissimilar to what Melky Cabrera said, yeah. where he's indicated, oh, well, fine, if listen, I can't do anything if they want to suspend me again. I think if they do suspend me, it would be too harsh because, look, I already served my time. Mm-hmm. Well, no, you didn't, buddy. This We're talking about two different types of charges here. So, you know, these... Uh, frankly, when you when you read comments like what you're talking about from Braun and from Cabrera, it it as a fan, my back goes up even more firmly. Yeah. And, and I think to myself, you brash sob, mm-hmm. how dare you, you know, make comments like this? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, now now it makes me really want to go after you. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But you know what? Like I told you in pre-show, I said I'm glad that this is happening. And yeah. you wanted to know why. I said, I'll you, I'm glad this is happening because I want to see Major League Baseball to be continually embarrassed by what they do until they can finally figure things out and right the ship. Because this has been way too many years going on now, Mike. Well, okay. And they deserve to be embarrassed over it. Uh, you know, and, and again, I got into it on another website last evening where somebody made the comment that, uh, you know, what happened back in the 80s and 90s was just as much – the fault of Major League Baseball uh, as it was the individual players. And and, and I take exception to that in some respects. Uh, if you're going to make a statement like that, that Major League Baseball was just as much to blame as the participants... Got to back it up. The, yeah, exactly right. You yeah. better back it up. You better have evidence to that effect. Yeah. If you recall back in the 80s and 90s when it went around the first time, how many commissioners did we go through? Didn't we go through three different commissioners at that particular time? Yeah, I believe we did. Yeah. So... Yeah. You know, I'm not necessarily looking to place blame for this at Major League Baseball's feet. Here's, you know, and, and I hear what you're saying, that, you you know, you want Major League Baseball to be continually embarrassed. But 
it seems like there's always going to be another way that people are going to get around the situation so that they can find a way to cheat. Yeah. Now, is that Major League Baseball's fault? How is this situation Major League Baseball's fault? In my mind, it is, yeah. it is their fault because everybody's been doing something to control it. They're not doing anything to control it. I'm sorry. But wait, you know, when Congress had to step in to write their freaking mistakes, I, 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 I thought that was an embarrassment. But how, but how can you – I mean, there's more, drug, more random drug testing done today than there ever was before in uh, Major League Baseball. I mean, what what are we? What is Major League Baseball supposed to do to prevent this situation? But yet we don't hear it coming out of any other sport. I I, I hear you, and I've asked that question. I'm sorry, we, we don't hear about it coming out of any other sport. It's always Major League Baseball. These guys are not afraid to do this stuff and get caught because they're going to be brought right back. I I understand. That's on the shoulders of Major League Baseball. I I understand what you're saying, and I have asked that question myself. How many times right here on this on this very show have I said to you, Jonathan, come on, it's got to be going on in other sports. Why aren't we hearing about it? Uh, and you have rightly sat there and admitted, oh, sure, it's got to be going on. But we're not hearing I, about it. I'm sure about it going on in football. I, I honestly don't – I've never heard anything coming out about it in basketball. Or, or hockey. So that's like, right. you know, is it happening? I mean, we've heard about it in the Olympics more so than anything since the freaking 70s. Right. You know, but at the same time, I mean, you know what? If it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, it's, it's, it's on their shoulders because it happens way too much, and we hear about this almost on a weekly basis in I, baseball since the 90s. I understand, yeah. and I don't have a leg to stand on with regard to that. But I just, I, you know, I, I just wonder really how much. Major League Baseball, or any league for that matter, yeah. can really control the situation. Yeah. I mean, look at it. I mean, you know, it's, if, if it's been going on since the 80s, I mean, you got Bowie Kuhn, you got, um, uh, you know, Giamatti, you got Faye Vincent. Faye Vincent, right. You know, you got the other guy that was right after Kuhn. I can't remember his name. Um, uh, Uberoth. Yeah. Right. You have him, so then it's on all of their shoulders just as much, you know? But we'll see what happens. We'll keep everybody updated on it. Absolutely. Screw it. Let's get into some hockey. Yeah, it's going to go on. This is going to go on for a while. Yeah, absolutely. Screw, screw it. Let's get into some hockey. We want to talk some hockey. Let's bring in our guest, good friend of mine, uh, writer from thehockeywriters.com, Chris Wassel. What's going on, Chris? Uh, not too much today. It's talking about hockey today for some reason. I, I, I don't know why. Well, because we don't, want to talk about, we don't want to talk about drugs and baseball anymore. That's why. I, I don't blame you. It drives me nuts. I I just want to know one thing, guys. Shoot. How is Robinson Cano getting off scot free? Yeah, good you question. You know this guy at some point used. Good question. He wasn't on that list that you named off there, uh, Jonathan, uh-huh. was he? No, he wasn't because he was. Uh, you know that rumor came out that him and uh, I think Curtis Granderson and you know somebody else was going to be suspended for PEDs, and it was the same guy that actually uh, broke the news on. Um, what you would call it, uh, Melky Cabrera being suspended. Everybody thought that was a joke, and he was actually right. A month later, he was suspended. But now from reading over here, it's saying uh, Robinson Cano is not in danger of suspension in the uh, biogenesis scandal. But right. if you don't know the full extent and all of the players that are on this, how could they come out and say that? Well, and we also know that Tony Bosch has indicated he's planning on releasing additional names. But Plus, we know that the lady who runs Robinson Cano's foundation was on that list. Yeah. You know, so I could also be a cover-up as well. But, you know, 
we'll figure it out. You know, I'm sure once we hear everything leaked, we'll definitely keep everybody posted on it. But let's talk hockey. Chris, thank you for joining us today, man. <laughs> Not a problem. This is going to be fun. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Let's get into uh, last night's game right off the bat. 3-2, uh, uh, excuse me, 3-1 Kings win. We saw the uh, Blackhawks uh, really just dominate the Kings in the first two games. Uh, where did you see this uh, series going before the series even started, and then where did you see it going after the first two games where the Blackhawks won? Before the series, it's weird because everybody knew how good L.A. was on the road last year. Yeah. Right. And this year it's the dead exact opposite. They they can't score on the road. Let's put it this way. They can't score on the road if you paid them a million dollars each. They can't. I mean, their their average goal per game on the road is well under two. Uh, but you put them at home, magically things start to happen. Jeff Carter is Jeff Carter, though we'll get into that later. Uh, and goals, just, you know, just they score just enough at home to win. It's amazing. I mean, last night, yeah, they suckered Chicago in last night. They, yeah. they sucked them in. It simply was like a vacuum the first 45 to 50 minutes of that game. Um, Chicago had one good play in the first two periods. It led to a goal appropriately. And that was really it. Um, if they had played the last, it's like they should have the first 50. I think you have a different game, and even Chicago realizes that they went in last night a little bit complacent after game two. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're going forward on this, this game is this series is probably going six or seven. I had it going actually because well my intent. Uh, I had it going five only because I thought LA would be too tired. And it right. seems like, guys, it was all going right. Mike Richards is out for however lo- much longer. Yeah, I think he's out for this. I think he's out for probably the series. You, you never know with these things. Yeah. Uh, but now I've got to just in the back of my head think, hmm, this could go six or seven just because L.A. is so stubborn at home. Even without Mike Richards, now you think it'll still go six or seven? It still could, just for, just for this simple reason. L.A. doesn't have to score a lot at home. They play, they just play such a – you don't want to say it's boring because it's actually not. Uh-huh. Um, but they just go literally all out, hit everything that moves, that if Chicago does not speed up their pace, you get sucked right in. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. you see the result last night. You referenced uh, Carter, uh, Chris, Jeff Carter. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you saw the uh, penalty last night between uh, that happened between uh, he and uh, Keith Duncan. Uh, I saw it myself, and as soon as I did, uh, I, I was actually a little bit shocked. Uh, I, 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 I mean, it, it, was, it seemed obvious to me that Duncan deliberately brought that stick up into his face. At the same time, however, if you go back in the play and watch Carter... He is incredibly aggressive with the stick all over Duncan himself. Did Carter have some of that coming to him? You know, I got to be honest, and and this is this is where biases in media get fun and interesting. You you look last night at, at the hit itself, and there's no doubt that this deserves something: mm-hmm. fine, suspension, whatever. Good point. Jack Carter's role in it should at least matter a little bit. I mean, who sits there? This is one of those unwritten cardinal sins in hockey. You never 
who has an exposed hand. You mm-hmm. just don't. Yeah. And that happens. The other right. technicality that mitigates that is this. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the uh, Greg Wyszynski video on Duncan Keith's first overreaction yeah. uh, from a playoff game against Vancouver. Mm-hmm. But this is where it gets interesting. How do you determine what kind of suspension do you – How many? there's so many aggravating and mitigating factors here that can you really determine um, – what's going on, and then you had Daryl Sutter last night sit there and go, oh, well, it's definitely not a hockey play. Well. And I, I, I could, guys, I could see the venom in Devil's Media come out like, here's the snake, boom, literally. <laughs> because everybody knows the three missed calls that, you know, led to the Steve Bernier major last year. I mean, you could have picked, you could have picked a call any time before – and not even penalties. You could have picked a call before that hit was necessary and blown the play dead. Right. Oh, by the way, the official, the official in that game, needless to say, is nowhere near this year's playoff. So, <laughs> so I, I'm just saying, that's why the important thing here is the hearing is going to be in about an uh, Good luck, Mr. Shanahan. You ha- really have your work cut out for you on this one. Yep. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Especially, I know that Duncan said that it was accidental, and supposedly uh, Duncan Keith actually went up to Carter when he returned to apparently oh, yeah. apologize to him. Well, apparently he tried he to actually apologize to him right there on the ice. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, despite the fact he said it was incidental, it really, the initial hit from Duncan with the stick did not look incidental. Yeah. It looked like he brought the stick up. Mm-hmm. Now, nonetheless, though, right prior to that, Carter is all over him with his stick. In fact, does a a, a a move with his own stick where he's coming down, trying bringing his stick over top of his head to bring it down on the other side. I mean, it just, the whole thing just looked, you know, it, it, to me, I got to be honest. I played the game of hockey. Uh, I'm not saying I would have necessarily put my stick in, in Carter's face, but I'll tell you something. He would have had one coming in his ribs for sure. Yeah, he said that he actually. He said obviously he wanted to give him a tap. But he goes, but not where I got him. I felt bad. I'm glad to see that he came back. It was just a scuffle. It was an accident, and then he did apologize to him on the ice after that when he came back. So, right. right. I mean, who knows? I mean, you know, maybe it wasn't you know, uh, you know, on purpose. So, right. But it did look yeah, like it. <laughs> you you got to remember, guys, too, that how lightweight these sticks are. Yes. Yes. The sticks yes. we play with as kids were like. Yep. Wood, you know, wood projectiles. Yeah, oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> right. right about that. Absolutely. It was like, you know, holding a 30-pound stick compared to, you know, holding a half a pound a stick ounces. now. Yeah, it's, pre- it's pretty nice now. So definitely his stick could have gotten up easy. But still, there was an intent. Whether Duncan Keith wants to admit it or not, there was an intent, just as much as Jack Carter had an intent of slashing an exposed hand. Yep. No. And, and, that, and that's where you are with it. So... If they're going to suspend them, it's probably going to be for a game, maybe two max. But I'll tell you this. If they do suspend him, I'm starting to put my money towards Chicago in game four. We, I've seen this before, what happens when a certain player gets suspended, uh, you know, especially a defenseman of a uh, almost a Norris caliber, say Chris Pronger, anyone? Yeah. And how Anaheim rallied, rallied behind that. So L.A. could – if, if I'm L.A., I'm kind of hoping in a way that Keith isn't suspended in this case. Well, it could come back to haunt him. Well, right, let's talk about uh, tonight's game, uh, Penguins and Bruin. 
Bruins have now outscored the Penguins 9-1 to in the first two games. Uh, Mike and I were talking about this, and I said it's, it's, it's the physical nature of the Bruins is what I think is really going to propel them to a win, but their offense has just been uh, great. Uh, where do you see this series going, and who's going to be the starter from here on out in uh, goal for the Pittsburgh Penguins? Right. Oh, guys, you, you, I knew you were going to ask that question because literally <laughs> everyone everyone has. Um, Absolutely, yeah. My, 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 good, my good buddy Timothy Rosenthal, who writes for Bruins Daily, is at the rink, and, and as he put this to me, he's like, you know, if the Penguins are smart, they would have just skated Vokun and Flory off the ice at the same time just to leave, leave the media guessing a little bit. But, <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Good point. In this case, no, Tomas Vokun will be starting tonight. I, I do love the Vokun quote. I don't know if this is, like, an actual confirmed quote, but this came from um, our, our friend, you know, friends from Pittsburgh, so I tend to believe it to be true. Um, it would have been a tough time if Mark andre Fleury got the start tonight. That mm. came straight from Vokun. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Look, look, let's be honest. That game was awful the other night. It, it really was. Um, and it comes down to this for Pittsburgh. If Pittsburgh does not convert early chances, if they do not play, a, just they have to play fast. It doesn't matter if they give up three or four or five. They have to play fast. And for the Pierre Maguire expression, hard. They're going to get eaten a lot. Mm-hmm. Like they have in the first two games, Boston plays downhill better than anybody. Just ask the Rangers. Right. Oh yeah. And, and if your goaltending isn't dead solid perfect, you're going to get killed. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think ironically, the team that played I can't believe I'm saying this, the team that best played Boston was Toronto because they played loose, fast, and faster. Yeah. That's what so long. Did so now, uh, let me ask you this now. Where do you see it going? Do you see? Yeah, I mean, is it possible that Bruins could sweep this? Yeah, that's. I was just going to say. I mean, is there any possibility at this point, seriously, that Pittsburgh could come back and win this? You know what? You you, you never say never, only because I've seen this before. Oh, right, sure. Uh, you know, de- Devils being down three one, the the best thing. Probably the best example I can give because the Devils look so out of it after games three and four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? They just look dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and then out of nowhere, they win game five, 5-1. Five, I mean, nobody sees this coming at all, um, especially in Philly. No one did. Uh, right. You know, it's like somebody just uncorked the bottle and said, here, oh, here we go. Bugs yeah. the flying hornets on line one. Best mm. way to put it. Now, likely – no, simply because of this. Pittsburgh gets burned by the style they play. Yeah. Worse than anybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could put a videotape out there from, I, I, and I think somebody did. Uh, they took highlights of the Devils weekend in Pittsburgh earlier in the season, obviously before again, et cetera, and played it. Over and over, and the one thing they found, simply put, you keep the puck away from this team, you frustrate the living daylights out of them. Drives them nuts. And then you have defensemen that are trying to make pinches from weird angles. I mean, even Paul Martin was guilty of it in game two. Matt Niskanen was. Obviously, Crystal Tang, who everybody's 
been talking about being a defensive albatross. Yeah. I, I do think, though, that Boston may get a little complacent. They always seem to in this situation. I, I mm-hmm. don't know why. I don't know what I'm for. There's just this weird feeling in me that says that there's going to be a split in Boston. Oh, okay. All right. All right. I mean, I, I have the Bruins going in one, so I – excuse me, in five. So I, I see Penguins at least winning one game. I mean, how can they not with the roster they have? But now, boom, you win two games – I mean, two big games in Pittsburgh, and now you're going home and you got the seventh man behind you tonight in the Bruins fans. So, I mean, is that – are the Bruins fans going to let them slow down or are they going to really do what they can and make as much noise as possible to let the Bruins know, hey, listen, you can't. But they have, they have, the Bruins fans have to be in it from be- well before the game starts uh, to, to keep the energy level up because it, it's natural to let up a little bit in sports sometimes. It, it just is, and that's the big difference between the Chicago series and this series. Is fortunately for Boston, they're coming home. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Boston, but mostly it was against Toronto to be honest, but that was because of the way Toronto played. It comes down to can Pittsburgh play like Toronto? Mm-hmm. Ability. I mean, they have more ability than Toronto does. Yeah. Well, they have it's the players. Can they execute it? Yeah. Right. They have the players to beat Boston. They just have to execute. Right now, they're not executing. Yeah. Like, you know, he could be on the milk carton right now. Right. Uh, Crystal <laughs> Tang, much the same. Is Genny Malkin? We don't know what country he's even in right now in his mind. Uh, but that's because of the way Boston has played. Mm-hmm. If Pittsburgh plays to that style, they're dead. If they don't, they make it interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I gotta say though, probably one of the best moves the Bruins made at the uh, trade deadline was not getting Jerome McGinley now. So, yeah, who knew? Yeah, I know they were all upset about it, the Boston Bruins fans. But hey, guess what? <laughs> it worked out in their favor. So, let's talk a little bit about your New Jersey Devils, Chris. Uh, they're not getting any younger. Uh, you know, Brodeur, 41, you know, got a lot of guys in their uh, mid to late 30s in Patrick Elias, uh, Zubra, Salvador, uh, you know, Ponikarovsky. What's the next step for your Devils for this upcoming season? Uh, this is where it gets fun because obviously with the, with the salary cap coming down about $6 million this year, it's going, it's going to at least play into the role of some decisions. There's mm-hmm. no question they have to get younger. Mm-hmm. Uh, acquiring Andre Lakhtianov was actually a blessing that we still can't understand, but we'll, we'll start to. Um, and so that's that's where the youth movement. There's definitely a youth movement in the prospect ranks. You have, you know, John Merrill. Mm-hmm. Um, you, know, you have even little guys. Ranger fans might not are probably not going to like Joe Whitney. Uh, come this year or next year. Just I have the feeling he's going to stick with the Devils at some point. Uh, think Brad Marchand, except a little smaller guys, and maybe even a little more lethal uh, from the goal scoring department. Uh, yeah. So you know there are guys in the system. Obviously goaltending, which is something that's been a big, huge issue for the Devils. Uh, you know they do have. Two guys in the system, especially Scott Wedgwood. Wedgwood is the big one. Yeah. Uh, you know, he survived playing in Trenton last year, guys, in the ECHL, which uh, had a joint, um, you know, tenets between the Flyers and Devils. And I think they literally tried to kill him 
and, and yet he survived and played very well. And in his short time with uh, Albany in the AHL, he played pretty well. So uh, he's a couple years away, and that's where the dilemma is. You figure Marty has one year left. Mm-hmm. Realistic. You have to think that. Yeah. And at some point, Jonas Hedberg, for as likable as he is, um, will probably be the next devil goaltending coach at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, they, they do have guys in the system at least. They have an idea. Uh, this draft is big just because of who, who they pick at nine or if they move up, which I still think they could, they could potentially do, yeah. um, will we'll, we'll help. Uh, they have an option as far as amnesting a player or two. As much as I love, there's lots of defense that I'd like to see gone from New Jersey, just because they don't fit in the system the way they did last. Um, it feels like uh, 16 years ago, but yet it was last year. Uh, yeah. So there's a lot of work that goes into the season. This season is extremely important for the future direction of the Devils. I don't think a lot of fans, I think they understand it, but they don't fully grasp just how important this is right now. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if the Devils do stay at that number nine spot, I looked at a lot of mock drafts and I've seen, uh, you know, Sean Monaghan going to them. I've seen uh, Nikita mm-hmm. Zadorov going to them. I've seen even, uh, even Elias Lindholm going to them. If they do stay at that number nine, where would you like to see them go? There was a uh, Hunter Shinkarak for I, I I like him I know he's dropped yeah uh, scouts seem for whatever reason to have this concern about him that he won't hold up over an 82 game season mm-hmm. uh, and there's a few other little nagging injuries and you know he didn't he didn't do necessarily the greatest in his uh, NHL combine tests yeah but there is something to be said about a guy who just plays the game mm-hmm. and it does overcome the, the little nagging issues here and there. If they don't go there, I would love to see them trade up to get Lindholm. I don't think Lindholm will drop the nine. I, I just don't. Yeah, I he, agree with that. He, you know, I, I, I've seen him, though I've seen him as low as 10 or 11 guys, um, I just, I, there's a part of me that thinks he's going to go five or six. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, at, once you get past one, two, and three, all bets are off. At, at least this year. Colorado's obviously going to take Seth Jones at number one, unless, I don't know, a meteor hits Colorado. Mm-hmm. It, it, it would seem anyway. It's a hometown fit. It makes sense. That being said, Nathan McKinnon is the best player in the draft. Yeah, yeah. But I've seen a lot of mock drafts where he goes number one to Colorado. So. Right. And, the second be- and the second best player is probably Johnson Durant. Mm-hmm. Right. Durant is a scary playmaker. Um, pitcher, pitcher, pitcher at a most, but faster. That'd be nice. That's, that'd be I was nice. gonna say that's, that's not bad. I'll double. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, I'd go yeah. I mean, Drew Red has above average faceoff skills, but obviously he's put, you know he's shuffled between center and wing, so he doesn't get the amount of faceoffs that a normal center would get. So people, people just have to keep these things in mind. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there are some good players in that top ten. So I mean, you know, if anybody falls to the Devils, I mean, they're going to have a good pick either way. So yeah, they're going to. Have, this is why I joke with people. It probably was a blessing that the Devils didn't make the playoffs for this reason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because you'd be they they probably would not have. Let's be honest. 
the Devils, unless they drew, had to draw Pittsburgh or Philly, and you know, say Philly had managed to make a miracle run themselves and made it, they would have had to draw a team like Pittsburgh or Philly to get out of round one. Yeah. Then it match up against anyone else. In the well, East. not even that, especially with an aging team like that. I mean, you need all the the high draft picks you can get now. So. There are exactly. So in in a way, Ilya Kovalchuk losing an edge and separating a shoulder may turn out to be the the biggest blessing for the Devils. Yeah. All right, man. Well, that's good. I mean, listen, you know, I'm a diehard Ranger fan. I will say good luck to you and your Devils because, uh, you know, they're getting up there in age, man, so you need some youth. But, uh, you know, Chris, thanks for uh, taking the time out of your schedule today to join us and uh, talk NHL with us, and hopefully we can get you back in the near future. Not a problem, guys. You enjoy the uh, rest of your day because uh, I'm, I'm going out for the sun right now. <laughs> there you go. Nice. Enjoy. There you go. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. All right, guys. Have a good one. You too. You can uh, check out all of uh, Chris Wassel's stuff over at thehockeywriters.com. Very, very good writer. I've known him yep. for years. Good friend of mine. Yep. Good stuff. Um, let's. We only have a little over 19 minutes. Well, about 18 minutes left in the show here. We do have, though, Mike, some NFL stuff to talk about. Yeah, yeah, in interesting too. Not even so. Well, yeah, beginning of the summer. So the NFL, Mike, they want to do a third game in in London. Yep. Maybe even put a franchise there. And now there's speculation that the Jacksonville Jaguars could could be that franchise. Actually, be the London Jaguars. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, what do you think of all of this? First off, ah, uh, I. It, I, you know, I hate to sound uh, like um, you know provincial, but um, I, I'm, I'm look, I'm completely opposed to it. I, I know that the I know the NFL's been you know that we've been doing the, the the whole London games at Wembley now for a number of years, and I kind of tolerate them and I put up with it. Um, and I go, okay, that's all fine and good, that's nice. But when you start talking about something permanent, I'm completely opposed to it. Mm. I'm completely opposed to it. Um, and again, I hate to sound like I'm, uh, you know, like I'm being provincial or something, but uh, there's only one line that keeps coming to my mind, and that is, "Damn it, it's our sport, it's our game." Yeah, yeah. I'm not sharing it. <laughs> well, you know, that's why I say, listen, I, I have no, you know, problem with them when they do special games, like when you know they go over with the Rangers and the Kings and they play over in, in England, yeah. or when they bring football, games, whatever. That's fine because you know what? Why not give them a taste of it? You know what I mean? Yeah, I why it. not open up an NFL Europe? I'm and let them sure have their what, own teams. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what the purpose is. Yeah, why I mean, would they I have to take understand. a team out of North America and put them over in London? But I'm sorry, but I don't want my Jets having to travel to London for games to come back and be jet-lagged for, uh, you know, next week's game. I hear you, and that's exactly where I come down on it as well. You know? That's why I'm so terribly opposed to it. Um, but, you know, explain to me for a moment, because, I mean, even you're saying, uh, you know, many other sports – We'll take games overseas and play a game overseas. You know, uh, hockey will do it. We've and, and so said football's been doing it now for a couple of years. I don't even understand the purpose of that. Yeah. What is the point of that? As you're saying, what to give fans over there a taste of what we do? Why? What's the point? What's the matter? I listen. They, listen. The NFL has enough money and enough connections to open up NFL Europe. If that's what they want to do, that's fine. Go ahead. Go have a European league. Even in, in Europe, so bad. Let them have their own teams. If that's if that's the, but don't don't force it. Don't force no, it on us. Germany, put a team in England. Put a team in Ireland. 
Put a team, you know, put teams in, in, in almost every country over there and let them travel around and, and play games. Exactly. You know, I mean, crap, there's so many countries over there, you could put teams almost anywhere. Yeah, but, Why not do it? But like you say, to go and take somebody, take a team, you know, and for for sake of argument, for, you know, we'll say the Jaguars. Yeah. Take a team like the Jaguars and go and just, you know, relocate them over to London. Huh? Yeah. And, and you know, okay, who are the players going to be? Are they going to be American players? Or at some point or another, are we going to start allowing European players to come in and play the game? Well, I, are we going to have are we going to have folks from from England now being included into the draft? I mean, how's that all going to work? Yeah, it's it would be a big mess. But at the same time, but me living here, Mike, if I was a football player and I was on a team that got relocated to London, I wouldn't be happy. No, I wouldn't be either. I mean, these guys are away from their families enough, and now they're going to be. Even more further away, you know what I mean? They, you know, they're going to be in a different country. Well, I can't. Fun. I can't imagine the media is going to enjoy it much either. No, I, I, I think it's ridiculous, and I, I don't know what the hell NFL is doing. But you know what? If this goes through, I think this this could possibly be, you know, between this and all the uh, concussions, I think this could be really the downfall of the National Football League if this goes through. Yeah, where did I where did I read? Somebody was making the comment, you know, that it could be by. When did I read? 2020? Yeah. 2020 that we, we might actually see a NFL team being played permanently overseas. Well, uh, you know, is that what this is all about then? We're just going to keep increasing the number of games that teams are going to be participating in overseas until we all become uh, – uh, what's the word I want? We all become uh, uh, numb to the concept yeah. that we just, you know – if we become conditioned. That's the word. Basic. You know, how many games? How many? They're saying they want to add three games. Yeah. Are all three of those games going to be the Jaguars? You wonder. But at the same time, you know what? You look at the Jaguars owner, the new guy, Shad Khan. Yep. He says he wants the, the Jaguars to be international. And he said, and I quote, the NFL is going to be developing an international fan base. Why shouldn't it be the Jaguars? In all honesty, internationally, they don't know the difference between the Jaguars and the Steelers. I think it would serve Jacksonville well to play a game or two overseas to get the name Jacksonville out there. If you look at some of the international Premier League teams, they have a huge fan following overseas in the Middle East, India, Pakistan, Malaysia, etc. That's an owner speaking who can't even attract his own fans in Jacksonville, and that's why he's saying what he is. Oh, is he going to sign Tim Tebow and let him be the uh, starting quarterback of the uh, London Teabaggers? Whoa. Ludicrous. I'm sorry. I'm completely opposed to it. Completely opposed to it. Yeah. It's open forum Wednesday. What do the what do our what do our listeners think? Yeah. What do you think? If you're listening right now, do you think the NFL should expand into London? And how would you feel if they took, let's say, the New York Giants out of New York, the Washington Redskins out of Washington, the Oakland Raiders out of Oakland, and put them in London? Give us a call three four seven two three seven five three seven three. We have a little over twelve minutes left in the show. Yeah, I'd like to hear what other people think because I, 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 I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm completely opposed to it. Look, it, it's much in the same way, and Goodell's been making orchestrations in this area to begin with. It, it's much in the same way that I'm really opposed to American football being included in the Olympics. Yeah. Yeah. Now, unlike, unlike, where I firmly believe that baseball belongs in the Olympics, I do not feel that football does. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. 
And the reason I say that with baseball is because, to me, there are more countries that have been participating in baseball as we know it for a lot longer than there have been teams participating in any kind of form of Oh, American football. Absolutely. You got baseball teams in Pakistan. You got baseball teams in England. You got baseball teams in Italy, Croatia, Germany. I mean, they're all over the place. They're all over South America. In Greece? You know, now tell tell me another country outside of Canada that has played, that consistently has played a sport, and I'm not talking rugby now, I'm talking a sport that looks like or is modeled after American football. Well, I hate to say, considering the NFL is always you know, signing rugby players now. Yeah, right, right. Maybe, maybe that's why they're doing it, to get it into the Olympics. No, maybe. Maybe. Who knows, man? Who knows? But I, I, it's just ridiculous. I, I would not want to see my team leave North America, number one, and number two. I mean, if they do, I, I'm, I'm not going to pay to fly to London to see them play at a home game. Come on. Oh, hell no. Get the uh, out of here. You're going to lose all the millions of fans for that team in this place. And then what? In uh, 30, 40 years? Oh, let's go back to North America. I have uh, read proposals on this, Jonathan, uh, that look at it more from a financial standpoint. And the concept is that by expanding into other countries, the NFL would in fact become a, you know, literally – the world's juggernaut of sports, mm-hmm. financially. Yeah. Now, I'm not sure if I completely concur with that. Let me ask you a question and see if you feel the same way I do. I actually feel that if they were to do this and go ahead with this, that it would dilute the revenue streams that they would start to see or that they are currently realizing from American dollars. That's my, current, that's my, that's my personal belief. I, I, I actually agree with that. I think it would actually be I, – I don't think it would be a financially smart move at all. No. I, I mean, honestly, if you really want to expand, why don't you put a couple of teams in Canada? Just like the NBA and you know, NLB didn't see how that works out. I mean, why take a team out of Jacksonville and ship them over to London? If it falls apart for them, are they going to bring them back to Jacksonville? And by that time, are the fans – whatever fans the Jags have left, are they going to be completely gone? Well, you make a – that's a really interesting proposal. Putting a couple of teams up in Canada. I mean, you know, you could put one in Montreal quite easily. Oh, yeah. Uh, Damn, put one in Quebec, man. Give Quebec something, man. They need a pro team back. Sure. Do you think that perhaps maybe there's been apprehension about that because of the CFL? Possibly, but you know what, man? This. Wouldn't it? I mean, if you look at the NHL, there's a lot of, you know, teams up there and in other leagues, you know, in Canada. I, I know it's not on the level of the CFL. But at the same time, why not go into a partnership with the CFL? Yeah, I mean, wouldn't it yeah. make if you're going to if you're going to look to expand, wouldn't the first stop be one of your neighbors? Yeah, wouldn't that make the most sense. But not even that. I mean, you know what? Make it, you know, do a partnership with the CFL. You know what? We want to put a team in Quebec. We want to put a team in Ontario. Let the CFL put a team in Milwaukee and let them put one in Minnesota and see how it works for them. Yeah, I, I, why not? Yeah, I, I agree. I, Why not? I want to see some CFL action in, in North America because the CFL, I hate to say it, they play some damn good football. They do. You're right. So why not expand it on both levels? The um, and and you know here's the thing that I think by by going in that direction, I think that there would be less fan fallout from America. I I really I really believe that there would be a great deal of fan um uh negativity. Yeah. Or uh, an expansion of the NFL into, say, Europe. I think there would be a lot of negativity toward it. But I think if you were to make the move 
into, say, Canada, I don't think you'd have near as much. No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't, because what happens? If it, do, if it fails out, then guess what? you got an expansion team that you get rid of. Well, I think, though, I think though that you make the valid point that we, we as a fan base here in America are used to it from the NHL and from Major League Baseball. So to us, it, wouldn't, it would not seem uh, out of place. Yeah. Well, and even the NBA with Toronto. you got Toronto Raptors. I mean, you had, you had, you had the Vancouver Grizzlies, and yep. they didn't work. So what happened? They moved to Memphis because they wanted another team in, uh, you know, in, 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 you know, in this area. So right. they moved them here. So why not? I mean, I hate to say it, but eventually, the, you know, Toronto Raptors aren't going to be up there no more. You know, it's eventually going to happen. So. Yeah, I would think, right. Uh, a couple other uh, news tidbits. Uh, you know, we spoke about it the other day, Mike. Uh, Agent Drew Rosenhaus filed a $400,000 grievance against Deshaun Jackson, uh, stating that, I, I believe, what, Jackson owes him uh, money and unpaid loans, right? Correct. Okay. So, uh, yeah, that's another player going that wants to go over to uh, Rock Nation, which is Jay-Z's uh, new agency who has Geno Smith and Victor Cruz. My question to you, Mike, real quick, you only got seven minutes left, is why do these players want to go to a – to an agency that has players that haven't even been signed by their teams yet. Yeah, uh, well, it's, it's like I said the other day, uh, Jonathan. It's uh, you know, Jay Z is the is the flavor of the week. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's that's the way I read it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jackson apparently has backed off of the uh, whole connection with Jay Z. Um, he already said it after fired him. So. I mean, it, well, he's indicating right now he has no intention of even bringing on an agent uh, for at least a year or so. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know what, you know, I brought it up the other day. Uh, why would he need an agent at this point right now? He's pretty much locked in for the next couple of years uh, in his contract. And his contract only gets better as the years progress. Yeah. So, you know, I, I'm not sure. Uh, the whole, I don't know, the whole thing. It, it, Jackson Jackson disturbs me and, and worries me. I'll be perfectly honest with you. Does and he? I'm nope. going to be honest with you. I don't know that. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not sure if this guy's really going to fit in with what I'm hearing coming out of uh, out of that Eagles offense. Well, didn't uh, Chip Kelly demote him on the death chart a little bit? Uh, well, there was a lot of controversy about that. Apparently, uh, uh, Kelly had him uh, running plays with the second and third stringers, and that was going on consistently. And apparently, allegedly, anyhow, Jackson confronted him about that, and Chip Kelly's response was, uh, here's the deal, buddy. I need you to be able to adapt to all positions. Well, guess what? That's not Jackson's forte. Well, I'm sure we'll find out more about Deshaun Jackson as the summer goes on. Uh, Also, Jamarcus Russell getting a try with the Chicago Bears. Uh, They already have Jay Cutler. They also have Josh McCown and Matt Blanchard as their backups. Jamarcus Russell wows, Mike. Could we see uh, Jamarcus Russell taking over for Jay Cutler this year? You know, I'm going to – hey, I'm going to – I put it up on I put it up on the uh, Frat House Facebook page, and I, I, I'm going to tell you right now, I applaud Jamarcus Russell. I, I give him a I, I give him a hand, stand up, give him a, give him an applause. Seriously, uh, I, I wish him all the best. Um, I think the guy deserves to have a, an opportunity to try out. Uh, and frankly, uh, why not for Chicago? Jay Cutler, you're on notice. I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, Jay Cutler sucks, and we all know that already. So I mean, you know. Uh, Everybody deserves a second chance, John. Some do, others don't. Well, you know, I I, I think it's unfortunate because in many respects, and I understand why it happened. Mm -hmm. Russell has been maligned really almost from his entry, and I understand why that has been the case. Now my point is, all right, that was then, 
This is now. Leave it alone. Let's see what the guy can do. If he can't do it, all right, then we know. Yeah. Well, we'll find out. Uh, a couple. <clears throat> we only got four minutes left, so a couple real quick news tidbits. Uh, we, we spoke about Brian Shaw being the uh, head target for the Brooklyn Nets for their head coaching job. Now it's coming out that the Clippers want him to coach. Um, and if I am mistaken, I believe he was an assistant for them at one point, but I could be wrong. So don't hold me to that. But, no, that was with the uh, Trailblazers. I'm sorry. I thought it was the Clippers. He was with the Trailblazers. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like I said, can't wait to see Brian Shaw as a coach here. Also, Detroit Lions, if they have another terrible year, they will be firing Jim Shorts, and they're already eyeing Notre Dame head coach Brian Kelly to take oh, over. Interesting. I knew you'd like that one, Mike, since you love Notre Dame football. Oh, boy. You know you love it. Oh, yeah, I, lo- oh, yeah, I love it. I really love it. <laughs> so does, so does uh, Gordon G. Yeah. <laughs> Gordon G loves Catholicism. Oh, uh, he does. And he loves those, he loves he loves him as some of those Notre Dame priests, I'll tell you. Oh yeah. Well, that's it for today's show, Michael. <laughs> we'll leave it on that. Uh, uh so when really th- I, I like it. Carl Malone actually put out his list of uh his starting five, Mike, that um he would want alongside of him. He, yeah. Um, LeBron James, Will Chamberlain, Oscar Robinson, and of course John Stockton leaving Carl Malone off the list. He did put Scottie Pippen as a small forward. That's an awesome, awesome front five right there. Right there, I like that. That's an awesome one. And when they said, "Oh wow, you really have a uh, man crush on uh, Scottie Pippen," he goes, "No, I actually have a man crush on LeBron James." He said. <laughs> <laughs> so he was, he was having fun with. Um, oh man, I can't remember who he was talking about. He used to be uh, one of the guys on ESPN. I think he does the uh, on uh, TBS now. I think once in a while or TNT. Can't remember who it was, but he was messing with him, so that was pretty cool. He's putting his well, name now. Malone. So if I were if I were LeBron, that wouldn't bother me as much as if I found out that you know it was Bieber that had a crush on me. Oh yeah, that is very. We very saw true. that the other night. Very true. All right, good show today. Uh, we, want thank, we want to thank our guest, uh, Chris Waffle yeah. from thehockeywriters.com, for joining us to talk about the NHL playoffs and his New Jersey Devils. Tomorrow, second live episode of Sports Blogger Radio right here on the Fan Junkies Radio Network at 8 p.m. Eastern Time with John Leary and Scott Blooney. You can check it out right here at blogtalkradio.com forward slash Fan Junkies. And, of course, they'll be talking about Boston sports. Well, the Bruins. The Bruins are kicking some Pittsburgh Penguins ass, so you'll be hearing a lot about that with John and Scott tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Right here Junkies Radio. Um, also, Friday... We most likely will not be coming in at 12 o'clock. We may be doing a later evening show or maybe at 12 with uh, Mike and a mystery person. Um, unfortunately, uh, I have an appointment that I have to do, so I'm sure uh, we'll be hearing some ribbon about that if I'm not here for Friday. <laughs> it's not taking off. It's doing other things, unfortunately. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, uh, that'll actually up on our at Fan Junkies Net and also, uh, you know, somewhere on our Facebook page as well um, with the time change. So yep. we'll figure that out and get that up for everybody. So don't forget, tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Sports Blogger Radio Live with Scott and John. Give them a call at 347-237-5373 and uh, tell them how good they are. What the hell? Tell them how much they suck if you think so. They'll like they that. they love to hear that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They'll love that. Uh, so for Mike McShane, I'm Jonathan Raggis. Thank you all for tuning in to Fan Junkies Radio. We'll see you all tomorrow night for Sports Blogger Radio. Thanks a lot, folks.